0: Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, where cancer survivors, caregivers, and others touched by cancer share their stories. The Max Mallory Foundation presents this podcast in honor and memory of Max Mallory, who died at age 22 from testicular cancer. I'm your host, Joyce Lofstrom, a young adult and adult cancer survivor, and Max's mom. With me today is Justin burke Bickler, and we are very honored to have him on the program. He's done quite a bit in the last few years for building awareness of testicular cancer. He's also a testicular cancer survivor. So, Justin, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to join me today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk with you.
0: So, why don't we start and just let you share your story and tell us about your cancer journey, and we'll just go from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, the the timing of us having this conversation is actually kind of coincidental because we're recording this here on October 28th, and that's actually the four-year anniversary of when I had my orchiectomy. So, wow, yeah. yeah, about this time, four years ago, I was recovering in bed from the surgery, but I'm getting, putting the car before the horse there a little bit. This, my story really starts in early October 2016, I was 25 years old at the time. And I happened to be doing my monthly routine self exam, which was like pretty much the only thing that I actually followed health recommendation wise, from doctors. And I detected that there was a lump on the left testicle that hadn't been there in September. So after a couple days of kind of hemming and hawing over it, I I got or I say days it was probably closer about two weeks, I got myself to a doctor and they found out that there was, they did an ultrasound and found that there was a lump or, you know, indeed a, a lump that l- didn't look great on the ultrasound. So, they sent me off to a urologist and I met with the u- urologist on October 26th. So, it would have been two days ago, four years ago. And he he said, you know, based on everything that I'm seeing, you have testicular cancer and we need to operate like immediately. And to me, saying you need to operate immediately means like within the next week or so. And I was like, okay, what's your schedule look like next week? He's like, no, no, I mean like tomorrow. Oh my, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it was kind of a shell shock at that time. So I said, you know, I couldn't commit to tomorrow because it was like the afternoon that I had the appointment. And so he said, okay, how about Friday? Which was the day after tomorrow. And I was like, well, you're really driving a hard bargain there. (laughs) (laughs) And so, obviously, I went through with the surgery. And after surgery, I had full-body CAT scans and x-rays and the whole gambit of everything. And they found that, unfortunately, the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes. So, I was going to need chemo. So, I started chemo the Monday after Thanksgiving in 2016. So, you know, actually, it was exactly a month after surgery. So, I went through chemo for... About, it was supposed to be nine weeks, but it ended up being 10 weeks because my immune system straight up just disappeared in in the middle of one of the cycles. And they were like, yeah, you sh- probably shouldn't even leave your house. So, oh my,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I understand that though. So um. yeah.
1: So it ended up, I had 21 treatments over 10 weeks, which was just as fun as it sounds. And that then carries forward to finished chemo in January of 2017, and then I was officially placed in remission status in March of 2017, and ever since then have been remained in remission uh, status. So, you know, coming up, just coming up on about four years of remission here in a couple months, it'll be.
0: Well, I think, too, what I found interesting when I was looking at all the information on your website was... It sounded like that when you started this journey with the chemo, you decided to approach it with some humor and kind of attack, if I can use that word, the cancer that way, but I think also with a long-term plan of sharing your experience and insights with others. So is that accurate? Can you talk about that approach a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I I always kind of joke around with people that the, the decision to... Make the blog was a, you know, a snap decision. Didn't really have much thought into it as much as how coming up with a name for the blog because I wanted to be catchy and I feel like I accomplished that. But I was, when I was diagnosed, like I said, I was 25 years old and I knew I was going to need chemo and I went online again because i 25 years old and that's what we do when we're in our 20s is to try to find kind of a, a comprehensive account of everything what it meant to go through chemo and I couldn't find anything written from the male mid-20s perspective but I had been kind of journaling throughout the time and in just a google doc and I shared it to one of my friends and my friend was like you know you've been talking to me about how you wish that there was a resource and what you're doing right now is effectively creating that resource so why don't you make it a website And so I was like, all right, that sounds, that sounds good. But we got to come up with a really cool name for it. So, and then it's just, it kind of evolved from there. You know, the, it's still a lot about my story, but from there, expanded it into talking about like mental health after cancer and survivorship after cancer. And then the big focus is just men's health, including testicular cancer, but all men's health, just trying to get guys to talk about their health in, in, a humorous and engaging way because nobody really likes to be lectured about their health. It's just to really turn them off from it. So, you know, I find when when you crack a joke about it, it kind of, it puts people's mind at ease a little bit more and are more willing to have a conversation.
0: Well, I think you're 100% correct on that. Most men don't want to talk about their health or as you were doing your self-exams, they don't want to do that. I, I talked to other young men who either didn't do it or if they found something wouldn't go to the doctor to find out what it was. And I have to ask you this, did you have a reason why that exam you were willing to do?
1: I honestly don't have a real reason. It was just my, it was something my pediatrician really drilled into me as something that was important to be doing monthly in the shower. And, you know, I, I, I'll be fully transparent and I was really bad at getting myself to the doctor. Once I moved out of my parents' home and they didn't, you know, take me to the pediatrician every six months or however often or every month or no, every year. See, like I don't even – I didn't even know how often I was supposed to be going to the doctor. (laughs) Every six months as dentist, every year as is doctor, that's what it is. But I I don't really know what it was. It was was just something that stuck with me. And actually, the one time that I did go to the doctor, once I moved out of my parents' – so, I moved out from my parents' when I was 22, right after college. And like I said, I was diagnosed at 25. And in that three-year period, I had gone to the doctor one time. And that one time I had been there, the the doctor said something to the effect of, make sure you're doing monthly testicular self exams So, something happened. The stars aligned in some way to make sure that I knew that that was something important. And so, it's just something that I knew and I, I still continue to this day, even though, you know, takes me half as long right now because I only have one testicle to examine versus two. So I get, I get some time back there.
0: Here you go. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Silver linings, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's something that's easy. And you know, I, I do really, I feel very strongly about it. I know that there's some discrepancy in what doctors and the UFP or USPSTF recommends, but I'm a big proponent for it because to be quite frank, if, I hadn't done that. I'm. I can't guarantee that you and I would be talking today. Right.
0: No, you're right, and I. I really like what you said too about the pediatrician telling you to do that and making a big deal out of that exam because I think that's something that, you know, we've learned. Uh, we being my Max's dad, my son's dad, and and I over Max's journey because. We didn't have that with a pediatrician. And you know, he had a different kind of cancer, but I'm not going to go into that right now. I just want to say that that's great that your pediatrician could do that and reminded you how important it was. But I, I want to go back to uh, the the chemo discussion and the guide that you developed, which was what to expect when you are expecting chemo. And I, I think it, you made a very valid point about the audience and the way the content was written or is written for cancer patients out there. And tell us a little bit about that book or that guide that you have. I think that's something that would be valuable to many, many people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, it was was something that I wish I had when I was first diagnosed. And so I ended up kind of crafting that resource, if you will, over the well, I, you know, more than just the 10 weeks that I was doing it, it's, and I mean, I still continue to update it to this day. And so the, what I did was I took pretty much the whole narrative, everything from when you first feel a lump to w- w- all the way to now you're a cancer survivor. or what does that mean? And I, I wrote it into one guide that was, then has hyperlinks to individual pieces that I wrote that expand more on it because you know, some some guys may not need to get a port placed, so they don't necessarily need to read the, you know, thousand words I wrote on the port. And one thing that I did, this was actually kind of inspired by a comment I read on Reddit. Somehow the article got shared on there. And somebody said, you know, this was a great resource, but I, you know, it, it was a lot to read. And one of the biggest things as I was going through chemo was I couldn't focus on things long enough to be able to read. I think the entire piece is like 3,000 words or something like that, which isn't too terribly long. But in the midst of chemo, 3,000 words is like reading, you know, Homer's Iliad. Yeah. So I went back and I just basically narrated the whole thing in, and then just uploaded separate audio files for each section. And it was, it took me maybe an afternoon to do that. But it's, it's something that, you know, it's it's probably my, my, the whole reason I got started was to provide the resource for future versions of Justin who was coming along. And so it's something, it's a piece that I'm really proud of, not to like toot my own horn or anything, but it's, it's something that it's, it's nice because I, a lot of people reach, reach out to me, whether it's on social media or email and saying, Hey, I just got diagnosed. I came up with, across your website, can you give me some tips about chemo? And I can just send them that resource. And since since most of that was written in the midst of thing, that's going to be a lot better of a resource for them and have more detail than me trying to recollect things that happened about four years ago, especially given the fact that I had memory problems when I was going through chemo. So if I hadn't written it down then, I don't know if there's, you know, there's like gaps in my memory from going through chemo. So it's, it's just, it's a piece that really gets back to the core purpose of why I started writing.
0: And I like also that it's an audio file. It's like a podcast in a way, because I think for many people sitting in bed or going through chemo, wherever you are, just being able to listen to that would be very helpful. It's, it's might be even easier than trying to read anything. So I, I I will listen to it. I haven't yet, but I think that's something just to, to understand chemo and what people go through with it. So We've talked a lot about just you know your journey and that you've what it's been what four years now three years being cancer free. What well, what do you think was your biggest challenge during the whole treatment phase? I think
1: without a doubt the biggest physical challenge during the treatment was right towards the end of treatment. I made it through nineteen of the twenty one treatments without having any sort of nausea or like I had nausea but no vomiting, and. Here comes treatment 19. It was the loss of the week and I more than made up for it for the next five Mm -hmm. days. It was, I didn't realize the human body could produce just so much vomit. And hopefully nobody's listening to this while they're eating dinner. I apologize if you are, but it was, I would, it was just so physically taxing on my body because I didn't want to eat because I knew I would throw up, but I was still dry heaving anyways. And I wanted to sleep, but I was afraid to sleep because I didn't want to, you know, throw up all over my bed or anything. So it, it was just five days that was—I I was so close to the finish line, and it—it it just sucked to be perfectly honest. But that was the physically toughest thing. I say emotionally toughest is probably actually past treatment. The whole—the whole first year after treatment, transitioning back into quote a normal life after you've been through something in such a quick time frame, And I just, I, I found myself trying to put a, a round peg in a square hole that, and it just didn't work until I really embraced that. Yeah. I wasn't going to get back to normal. It was going to be kind of a new normal or a, a new beginning, if you will. And, but that was, you know, the, the five days of vomiting that, that was physically tough. But then the 365 plus days, of the mental health stuff that still adds and flows to this day, you know, four years later. That's probably, those two things are what I always point to as being the two most difficult parts during the cancer experience.
0: What you're saying is similar to what I've heard from other young men on on this topic, and it's, you want things to be normal, and you said it's it's a new normal. You're back to some kind of, I guess, consistency in life, but I, I think what you've been through definitely does change just what you're doing and how you live. And I'm really sorry you had to go through five days of excessive vomiting like that. It just sounds pretty awful. I guess that's part of the journey. The other thing I I noticed too, which I think a lot of our listeners need to know about with some of the things you've done is the TED Talk that you did about talking about men's health and how you opened the, the program today. How did you decide to do a TED Talk? And I mean, I know you have great motivation and insight on on everything related to what you've done on testicular cancer, but that's a big step for a lot of people, too, is trying to do a TED Talk.
1: Yeah. So it, it was just something, you know, when TED Talks, I mean, they've been popular for a number of years, but... I just I really realized that as I wrote more and shared my story and seemed to resonate with people more and more, it was something that I wanted to do, and I wanted to talk about testicular cancer and men's health in in a way that was true to me. You know, sharing my experience, sharing my mission, my passion, but also in a fun way because nobody really thinks cancer and also thinks fun at the same time. That was one of the when I you know, got selected to do the TED Talk and I was paired with a speaker coach. That was something she's like, you need to let people know up front they have permission to laugh because that's what you're talking about. So uh, it was was all about, you know, my journey. And then I kind of zoomed out to a larger lens about how kind of society kind of from a young age talks to, you know, boys as they're growing up that, you know, they, they are to keep things in and not talk about it, whether it's mental health or physical health and what, how much of a detriment that ends up being later in life because we, you know, we internalize things that, Oh, it's, you know, I just need to walk it off or I, I don't need to talk about it, but you, you, you can't walk off some things. And so it's, you know, I feel very strongly about changing societal expectations and norms that, Hey, it's, Not only is it okay to talk about your health, it should be encouraged and it shouldn't be seen as a sign of weakness. It should be seen as just a regular topic of conversation. I mean, if I work in uh, elementary school and that's what my whole career has been in and working in elementary school, there's a ton of, you know, I work with a lot of women and they're constantly talking about going in for mammograms or pap smears or into the gynecologist or when they're pregnant, going to the OBGYN, all sorts of things. And they're just commonplace topics. And I want guys to get to the same level where it's, you know, if you're with your buddies and you just simply say, Hey, have you done your testicular self exam? Or have, if you're later in life, have you gone in for a prostate exam and for it to not be something embarrassing or not be awkward. And I I really feel strongly that humor is a good way to, you know, to use a pun here to really get the ball rolling on that conversation.
0: No, I think you're right. I like to just the idea that needs to be commonplace. Uh, And women, you're right. We talk a lot about those uh, health issues and what we have to do to take care of breast health or gynecological health. So again, I, I, I commend you for just taking that on and trying to get the ball rolling, as you said, on that. We've talked about your website and I want to just go back to that before I segue into some other topics, but, you know, a ballsy sense of tumor is the website or your blog and tell us, be self-promotional here, but tell us what, what can we find on there? And, you know, what do you want man to go look for on there and their caregivers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's like, I, I like to say, it's a pretty comp as comprehensive guide as, uh, one person can make on men's health. I have my whole story in its entirety. I have I've done interviews with various different other testicular cancer uh, survivors, even some celebrities. Like I've talked with Scott Hamilton a couple of times, the figure skater. I've talked with Nathan Adrian, the Olympic swimmer. I've talked with other you know just in addition to the the famous people. I've talked with a lot of regular guys who for whatever reason, were also diagnosed with testicular cancer, but didn't let them stop that. I do one or didn't let that stop them. Uh, Once a month, they write. I pick one guy and he writes a guest piece about his journey and where it led him, you know, guys who have written books about their experience. And then I also just talk about, you know, men's health topics or companies that are doing things to promote men's health and also talking a lot about mental health, both just in general, And then also for cancer survivors in general. So really there's, I forget how many pieces, there's like 150-ish, give or take, maybe closer to 200 different pieces. So you could lock yourself in a room and just read a lot of really bad ball puns for like a weekend, and (laughs) then you'd you'd have everything.
0: Okay. I think that's good to know about And you know, on the mental health topic, I I have... Often thought it's hard to find counselors that, at least in my experience, specialize in, say, cancer or diabetes. I have diabetes and it's I've looked and I you know, there are a lot of very good mental health counselors. I just wondered if you've found that or any recommendations or thoughts in terms of someone looking for a counselor to talk about cancer.
1: So I know that there are, I haven't personally had much success, but in talking with other organizations, there are some counselors or therapists, whatever word you prefer, who do specialize in talking about cancer. And oftentimes you can talk with your oncologist and medical team and they can point you in the right direction. But one thing that, two things really that I found have been helpful is looking for uh, if you've gone through you know, testicular cancer or male-specific cancer, Look, looking for a a counselor who specializes in male issues. That's when I went, you know, I was with one counselor for a couple of months, but I just couldn't really connect with her because we weren't on the same page about a lot of things. And so, when I went to find another one from my insurance's, like, drop-down list, I saw that men's issues was something. So, I clicked that. And then another thing that was recommended to me was to find a, a trauma counselor because cancer is trauma in every sense of the word, mental and physical trauma to the body and to the mind. And so if, even if someone doesn't necessarily specialize in cancer per se, they, they there are tons of specialists in trauma and they can help overcome different things. But the, the biggest thing is to take that step to reach out, to find somebody, to put yourself in a position to move forward.
0: Thank you. I, I think those search words that you mentioned are good. Men's issues and trauma. Those are, are two topic areas that make sense to me in looking for that. So tell us about what you're doing now, you know, three or four years later, what's going on?
1: Yeah. So three or four years later, the, I mean, I guess the biggest change is really that I just, you know, I, I continue to write about testicular cancer, but doing a lot more just a focus on making the best of my second shot at life, if you will. My 2020, it's, it's been a wild year, <laughs> to say the least, worldwide. And personally, I lost my cat, my pet cat, unexpectedly in July. And last week, I just adopted two new kittens. So I've been working to bond with them over the past the past week or so. They're, I'm actually sitting in the room that I'm keeping them in right now. And, you know, just really trying to continue to get guys to talk about their health, but also focus in on my own health and my own mental health and what brings me joy, you know, take taking time for me, which sometimes sounds a little selfish, but it's I found something that it just helps my own quality of life. And I always go with the metaphor of you can't pull from it or you can't pull from an empty pitcher. And if I'm not taking care of me, then I can't take care of my loved ones or my friends or just random people on the internet who reach out to me and ask about testicular cancer.
0: Well, I'm sorry for the loss of your cat. I understand that. We, and we have three rescue dogs. So I'm glad that you are able to find two kittens to be part of your life. It makes a huge difference when you have a pet like that, I think. And how about philosophically? I think you've already kind of touched on it, but going through cancer and surviving, I think for many people, you know, live a day at a time now you take you really appreciate what you have in life did did you have any philosophical i mean big changes that happened to you as a result of having and surviving cancer
1: yeah like you said i kind of touched on it but really finding stuff that appeals to me and things that i want to do versus you know i it, it sounds counterproductive but i i spend a lot more time saying no now than i did but I I say no now more. If it doesn't appeal to me or I don't think it's something that is really worth the time, I now know how valuable time is. And so I, I find what works for me, what makes me happy. And I go kind of from there, but that that's been probably the biggest philosophical shift.
0: And how about my final question? Advice for any young man who has testicular cancer or might think he has testicular cancer: What advice would you share?
1: Well, well, two things, really. If you think you have testicular cancer, go to a doctor. It's it's just as easy. If you have any, if you suspect, and they do an ultrasound and they find it was clear, all that you you sacrifice was a little bit of your time. If they find out that you did have cancer. Hopefully, they caught it early enough and it's a surgery or maybe some chemo, but it is very survivable. But to someone who's going through testicular cancer, already been through the process of diagnosis, going through it is know that you're not alone. There's, you know, in the United States alone, there's almost 10,000 new cases every year. You can pound that out over tons of years. There's there's a lot, of, a lot of survivors out there that just reach out, whether it's to me or to you you know you go on social media there's there's specific testicular cancer support groups and it's you you're not alone in the battle and you don't have to do it alone and you shouldn't do it alone it's it's important to connect with somebody who truly understands what you're going through and then pay it forward from there you know if, if we all ha- have everybody do their little part in moving the conversation forward and the needle forward then you know, we we can make sure that nobody has to feel embarrassed about talking about their health or nobody has to feel alone in it.
0: Very good advice. And share one more time how to find you on your, your website so people have that URL.
1: It's just a ballsy sense of tumor dot com on one word, or you can just type it into Google and it'll come up that way.
0: OK, well, Justin, once again, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me today and our listeners and. I hope you'll come back some point down the road. We can talk more about what's going on with cancer and just life. So, once again, thanks.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay. Thanks so much for joining me today on Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer from the Max Mallory Foundation. We have a website, and it's at maxmalloryfoundation.com, where you can learn more about testicular cancer, donate, and also send your ideas for guests on the podcast. And for spelling, Mallory is M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Please join me next time for Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer.